So part of it is, is being able to rest in him and know that what he has for you is for you. And it doesn't matter because someone else is getting because he never runs out. He has what he has for you in the time he has for you. So don't get anxious because you're looking around and saying, you did it for them when you're gonna do it for me. So God not only wants us to trust him in some things, but in everything, big or small. Pastor Martin is inside his sermon series with a new message entitled, Trusting in the Trustworthy God. Follow along in Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, as Pastor Martin explains. As I said earlier, this is our 30 essential patience. And that 30, 30 essential, it says that I take a long time to overheat, but I also endure patiently under unavoidable pressures of life. Now we're gonna spend much of our time looking at the second half of that, but it says, I take long to overheat because sometimes we have to remind ourselves that when we're faced with something unavoidable or challenging, that God already knew what we were going to face. And because he already knew what we're going to face, he has already been working to prepare us for what we were going to face, which is why he can say to us that I won't put more than, on you than you're able to bear because he's taken time to learn what you can actually bear. I find myself at times feeling as though, God, you need to recalibrate your expectations of me. Because I feel like what you're allowing me to face may be more than I'm able to bear. But then I have to realize that he made me. And he knows all about me. And if he allows me to face it, he's already empowered me to do so. Now, there's something I want you to take away from the lesson today because in setting up this sermon series, I need to give you a few specifics as to where our journey is going to lead us. The first thing I want you to understand that, that if you're going to exercise confidence in God, it's going to require patience. And if you're going to exercise patience in God, it's going to require trust. Don't forget those two things because when it comes to God, I found that he says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So that tells me that if we're supposed to walk by faith, that God never gets in a hurry just because the clock is ticking. And just because I am faced with a situation that seems to be an immediate need. Now, patience, if we were to define it, is, is the capacity to accept or withstand delay, trouble, suffering, but to do this without getting angry or upset. Because I can tell you that sometimes in life we find ourselves teetering 
on the fence of being mad at God. But here's the difference. Confidence is the feeling or the belief that one can rely on someone or something or having a firm trust. See, when we talk about patience through confidence in God, we're saying that we can trust God and our firm trust in him allows us to be patient. Why? Because we know that he has never failed us yet. And trust is essential when it comes to believing in the reliability and the ability and the capacity of God's strength to do something. So one of the things as we, as we journey for the next few weeks, the goal will be to help us to understand that there are going to be times where you're going to have to wait on God. Not wait because he's not on time but wait because he's outside of time. See, because he made time for you and me. He didn't make it for himself. When you look back in creation, you see that the Bible says that he gave the sun to rule by day and the moon to rule by night. He says, and the evening and the morning was the first day. It didn't exist before he made it. So that means that he is not operating within our clock or our time zone. But guess what? No matter what time zone you find yourself in, he can find you right on time. So we are assured of these attributes of God and we are assured of his blessing in us and his blessing for us because we trust in the fact that he is trustworthy. But here's the thing to understand. Trusting in God is more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. It's a choice to have faith in what he says, even when your feelings and your circumstances would cause you to believe something else. Choosing to believe that God will not leave you and has not left you when you find yourself feeling all alone. Although our feelings matter, although how our emotions are being stirred, they are important and they're very much worthy of our attention. But here's something that we can never forget. Our feelings and our circumstances alone are not enough to define God's work in our lives. Because sometimes you feel like God is doing it all, don't you? And sometimes you feel like he ain't done nothing. And sometimes you feel like you've got to do it all yourself. And other times you know, other times you know it's outside of your ability and it had to be the Lord. So our feelings and our circumstances change, but our God does not. Therefore, we cannot place trust in the basket of feelings. Because you know what happens when we get in our feelings. We say stuff we don't mean. Any husbands here, put your foot in your mouth and took three months to get that thing worked out. 
Any wives in here sent that text? I'm just sick and tired of this. And many sons rose and said, and y'all still hadn't figured it out. Because when we think about getting in our feelings, oftentimes when our feelings are running us, they'll run us rampant. Which is why we're going to talk about having confidence in God through this trusting him and building our sense of confidence in him. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn with me to get us started. I want to start with a passage of scripture. Because as we talk about journeying in life and as we look at this over the next few weeks, I hope this will help to, to encourage you. Uh, because life, we place our lives in God's hand and we trust him to take care and to shepherd over us and to keep us. But sometimes it's not easy for us to rely solely on that. So I want you to, to, to look at Psalm 37. There's two verses there, Psalm 37. We're already in Proverbs, just over uh, to your left there to the psalm. And look at Psalm 37, and I want you to see this, verse 7 and 8. Because as we talk about patience, one of the things that you have to learn to do is rest in the Lord. So here's what the psalmist says. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of who, him who prospers in his way. See, one of the things that cause us to become anxious and overwhelmed is because we look around and see what everybody else is going through. Seems like she ain't never got no problems. She's always around smiling and hugging. Looks like they always get promotion. The boss don't never miss what they're doing. I'm over here, stayed over last time, and he went home early. <laughs> but he says, because of the man who brings wicked schemes, because sometimes we look and say, hey, no good should come to them, because I know how raggedy they are. And here I am trying to do right, and they're doing wrong. It seems like they're getting ahead. He says, but rest in the Lord. Wait patiently in him and don't worry about what others are doing. Because he says, because, and then he says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret because it's only going to cause harm. See, the more we, we get caught up in comparing ourselves, and it's, it's never good to compare your journey with someone else's. Because you only know half of the story. You don't know the other half. So what I want you to understand is that it's important for us when we are trusting and resting in God, because guess what's going to happen? As you're being patient, and it seems like others are ahead of you in the line, you know how we feel about lines. We like cutting we like cutting lines. We're on, we were on the vacation, and, and I, I had to catch myself because, you know, I'm standing at the buffet, and a little, guy came, little boy came and just stood in front of me. I said, son. <laughs> There's other people already here in line. We waiting. We waiting on that to come out, and you're going to come and jump the line. You got, that's, that's 20 people behind me. 
So part of it is, is being able to rest in him and know that what he has for you is for you. And it doesn't matter because someone else is getting because he never runs out. He has what he has for you in the time he has for you. So don't get anxious because you're looking around and saying, you did it for them when you're going to do it for me. Here's what confidence in God is. Here's a definition. Confidence in God is, is an unwavering assurance in his capacity and his ability. And watch this, his reliability. That he doesn't get it wrong. He doesn't mix it up. He doesn't get your, your card out of order. He knows what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it for you when he's chosen to do it. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, that sense of saying, God, I know that you love me. My kids oftentimes want me to show them love while I'm trying to show love to the other one. So we're talking about my, my daughter had done something. We we're all celebrating that. And little Joy said, hey, daddy, but I, I did this too. I said, well, hold on, baby. We celebrated your thing when it came up. That was last week. This is this week. This, 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 we're celebrating this right now. Because ultimately, understand that the love I have for you is the same I have for her. And I love each one of you equally. So therefore, I will do what's necessary for you when it's time for you. And I'll do what's necessary for her when it's time for her. And each one of us has this assurance that God loves you enough to bless you in your time. So this unwavering confidence. Here's an A point under, under, under confidence of God. Exercising confidence in God requires patience because God seldom adheres to the time parameters we set. See, we have to exercise patience because we set the time, but you cannot put an appointment on his calendar. Outlook has an option. Outlook, Microsoft, uh, um, email and calendar manager. And you can give people, other people, the ability to put meetings, appointments, and tasks on your calendar. But you have to go in and give them that permission. Here's the thing that God does. He doesn't work with Outlook. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know why. I don't know, what, I, don't know what's, I don't know why he won't let me put something on his calendar, but he doesn't allow you to put things on his calendar. So therefore, we cannot put our parameters on him because he says, listen, I keep my own calendar. There's a B portion of that. Exercising patience of God will beckon our need to trust him. When we are going to be patient, we're going to have to trust him. Because here's the thing that you don't want to forget about patience. 
Patience takes faith. Faith in your God to bless and to do what he's promised to do. So faith and trust, however, go hand in hand. And here's a couple things I want you to know about the two because they're not one and the same. Faith is what you believe. You get it? Faith is what you believe. Trust is the confidence that you have in what you believe. See, we believe God. We believe that he can do all things. But how much confidence do we have in his ability? Because our faith is what we believe. But our trust is our confidence in what we believe. That guides us to our first point, because as we work through this, I want to share a few other things as it relates to this. But first, our first point for the day is doubt and fear are the enemies of confidence in God. Doubt and fear. Because we, 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 we all say, hey, God, give me more faith. But the truth is, we've got enough faith. We just have too much doubt. And then when fear runs in, boy, doubt and fear get to working on us. We're, we're broke down. But there's three primary ways I wanna share with you this morning Three primary ways where each of us as Christians can begin to, to either stop doubting God or diminish that doubting. Three ways, practical ways. Here's the first one. First, you have to spend some consistent time in the word. You're not going to get around doubting without doing this. You can't be sporadic. You read last month sometime and you're trying to remember. You're going to have to spend some consistent time in the word because in order to stop doubting, trust must be built. You've got to build trust, but it's hard to trust a stranger. It's hard to trust a stranger because if you kind of know somebody, you kind of trust them, don't you? Somebody come up, you don't know them, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't trust that. We coming off the, we were coming off and, and the guy came, he grabbed my wife, he said, come on over here. No waiting, no line, no waiting. I said, hey, we ain't going to, sit right here. <laughs> you don't know this man, you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> We don't know him leading you astray. We, the line over, everybody else in line, why would all, all, all these people stay over here and, and he over here by himself? No, wait. None of us wanted to wait. Somebody knows something we don't know. But, but, but trust, we kind of know we kind of trust. So watch this. The, the, the adverse is, as you know him more, you begin to trust him more. And how do you get to know him? You get to know him through how he reveals himself through his word. Here's how Paul said it in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. He said, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you that you act, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
Then he goes on to say, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, full of ple fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. He said, since we found out that you came to know Jesus, we've been praying that you would increase in your knowledge of God, that you may trust him all the more because you know him that much more. Here's another thing, uh, Peter, uh, the apostle Peter jumps in in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when you first come to Jesus, you don't know if you can trust him. You hear the gospel, you say, yes, he, he died for me, I believe that. But as you walk with him day by day, as you learn of him, you begin to trust him even more. Here's a second way that we can reduce or rid ourselves of doubting God. Is that if we stop doubting, we get, we, if, if, we, if we spend consistent time praying, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him. And I, I'm, not talking, talk, I'm not saying talking at him. I'm saying talking to him. Because we get to talking at him. We start, we hollering and going on. And, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we need you. Oh, we need you. <laughs> because of the intensity of the moment, we become intense. But understand, God is not hard of hearing. <laughs> Just cause you yell louder don't mean he hears you better. But as we talk to him often, we recognize that we can't get overwhelmed with emotion because when he speaks back, he usually speaks back with a still, small voice. And while I'm all filled with emotions and, and I'm all stirred up, I can't hear him. You ever been talking at somebody and thought you were in a conversation with them? <laughs> you just going. And because, see, I don't know. And I told you last time. And see, every time we do this, and they're like. Now, which one you want me to respond back to? because that's talking at him. Prayer is one of the most difficult disciplines we have when it comes to spiritual development, isn't it? Because you get out there and you pray, Lord, I need you to help. Uh, bless us, we, 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 we need our, you to supply. Then you think about, oh, that's right, I need to go back and do the bills. I'll be back, Jesus. <laughs> and, you, and you never make it back. But prayer is a discipline that we have to engage because it's a part of that trust process as I continue to talk to him. And he speaks back to me and I hear him because the challenge that we have, and this is a big challenge for most of us, is that we hear the Holy Spirit in our mind's voice. When we believe God is speaking to us, it sounds like us because we hear it in our mind's voice. That's why we say, something told me. <laughs> yeah. 
You know you weren't supposed to go over there and you get ready to go and then you find out they, they shot up the place. You said, something told me that to go. No, that wasn't something. <laughs> that wasn't something. That was God. <laughs> but as we spend time talking with him and not talking at him, communing with him, we become more acquainted with him. We're able to rest because we know he speaks back to us. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 and 1. He says, and, and, and Luke Luke's pre prefaces what Jesus shares. He says, and he spoke a parable to them that men ought to always pray and not faint. So we don't know because that's, where the, that's how the chapter begins. So at some point, Luke either understood before or after the fact what Jesus' intent was for telling the parable. And he tells a parable of a woman because here's what, you need, what we've heard when it comes to talking to God and praying to God. Anyone ever heard this? Pray about it and leave it alone. Where's that scripture? Where's that scripture? Because I want to teach it. I mean, if, it is, if it exists, hey, because I, I don't mind. I, I love to say, Jesus, help and be done. But Jesus taught, he says, men ought to always pray and not faint. And here's what he did. He tells a story of a widow who went to an unjust judge and was asking him to avenge her and to help her. And the judge said, listen, I don't fear God. I don't fear man. But because you keep on coming to me, because you keep on coming, you weary me. And I'm going to respond because you keep coming. That's what Jesus taught. So I keep on coming. When it ain't happening, God, I'm still trying. God, I'm still trusting. I'm still leaning and depending on you. So we have that consistent time of talking. Here's the third and last one for today. You must exercise your faith. You actually must trust him in something. Because faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, it diminishes. Here's how James put it in James chapter 2 and verse 20. And I'm going to use the NASB version. It says, but are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? Here's what happens. If you've ever been in the hospital and you've had to lay in a hospital bed for an extended time, where do they send you first? rehab because by laying there not using your muscles you have to go back and retrain those muscles to be functional or fully functional again the same with faith that's what James is saying if you just lay there and you ain't gonna trust God in nothing your faith muscle unused will have to be retrained. So in order to maintain strong faith, you gotta keep trusting in something. And it don't get big, you don't have to start big. Don't jump out there strong, you know how it is. You go to the gym, you didn't got your membership, they charging you $50 a month, hey, I'ma get all I can out of it. And you go in there for that first workout, you put 100, yeah, I used to, and in high school, I used to bench press 200. 
You go in there and you lay down on that bench press and you hit that bar and look like they got stone. Hey, you start looking back and see what, what I, I thought I put it on 200. You did, but you ain't used those muscles in a while. So you got to bring it down a little bit, trust in something smaller and build up to something big. But that's why you got to be trusting and using your faith all the time because you never know when something big is coming. But because you've been exercising your faith, when something happens that you didn't expect, you say, I've been working out. I'm ready for this one, Jesus. Because he says, faith that's not being used becomes useless. Point number two for the day. Feelings and emotions cannot drive the car. You can't put feelings and emotions behind, you, behind the wheel of your life. If you're letting them drive, they're not trustworthy. <laughs> My daughter's getting ready. She's 14, and so she's ready. She's got two years before she can get her license, but she's ready to start her training. <laughs> so I said, well, baby, we're going to go to a parking lot somewhere, and we'll just... We'll figure out something that we can do out there with no vehicles around. Because here's what the proverb said. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And it says, but lean not on your own understanding. See, your emotions are driven by what you know. See, because I know that there's a deadline. I know that things are... I know that there's, this has never been done. I, ne I know that there's no cure for this. I know that there's nothing like this around. It feeds my emotions. And when they are driving, they drive you away from confidence. Here's, and I'll put it in Jesus' words. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, he, said, he just said it very simply. He says, listen, and Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Because it's, it's, it, there's a difference between saying, hey, I have faith, and I'm excited that I'm going to trust God, then simply saying, God, I'm not sure what this looks like trusting you, but what I do know is I got confidence that whatever it is, you can do it. Third and final point for the day, because you thought since I've taken this long to get to point three, that there's another 15 minutes on this sermon. There isn't. He's been gone for two weeks. He's going to preach all day today. We, I got lunch plans. and he, he, he ain't had his chance to preach in two weeks. He's going to give us a long one. I'm almost done. Point number three. This is important. Divine GPS is best. Look at somebody say, divine GPS is best. Because here's what he says in Proverbs 3 and 6. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and here it is, and he will direct your paths. We read from Psalm 37 earlier. I'm going to lose verse 5 from that same 37. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. GPS. Global positioning system 
Did you all know that the, that the United States owns GPS? Yeah. The United States built it back in the 70s. Spent, spends billions of dollars maintaining it. It's reliable, no matter where you are. The global positioning system. Here's what it means. It's, it, it's, it's an accurate worldwide navigational and surveying facility or capacity. That no matter where you are in the globe, that GPS is an accurate navigational surveying faculty or facility. Here's something that I need you to understand. Because no matter where you are, GPS knows where you are and can lead you to the next place. And I said to you that divine GPS is best. The reason I can say that it's best because the first thing about divine GPS is that God is omnipresent. Meaning that he's everywhere at all times. And he's also omniscient, that meaning that he is all-knowing. He knows everywhere, all times, anytime. So when we're trusting him to lead us, that divine guidance that he provides, he's never going to lead us astray. Because here's what's happening to me. Since we've been here in Texas, I get in the car. We rely so heavily on uh, Google Maps, and we'll put it in, and we'll find out that we've made five, six turns, and then we get there and realize we could have just made two. I said, man, if I had known where I was going. The other reality is that because he is guiding us, he has given us his Holy Spirit within us to make sure that we have our signal correct. Because you always have to have an access point. The GPS is out there, but you got to have an access point to it. That's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He says he will lead you and guide you into all truth. That's important to understand that he will guide us and direct us. Here's another thing. In this Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Now let's put it all together. Because it says, trust in the Lord all your heart. Lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. In my closing, I want to share a couple songs with you. There's a song that was written by Russell Kelso Carter in 1886. The song is Standing on the Promises of God. Now, I don't want all of the, 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 the song. I just need verse 2 to start with. It says, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail because I'm standing on the promises of God. 
verse number four is the next observation we need to make because he says, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all because I am standing on the promises of God. There's another song that I'd like to share the lyrics because I believe it will help to tie this all together. And that song is, we've come this far by faith. Written by a gentleman by the name of Albert A. Goodson and Thornton G. Frazier. And here's what the words of the song says. It says that we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. And here's how it concludes. And he has never failed us yet. He, I want to read, I want to say it again because that's all we got for that one. It says, we come this far by faith, leaning on the law. So when the song, when, when Proverbs said, don't lean on my own understanding, he said, we've come this far because we kept our leaning on the Lord. My mama said that he was her leaning post, that when storms of life were raging, there were times that she couldn't do nothing but lean on the Lord. Trusting in his holy word, and he has never failed us yet. Here's how this works. So as I go back and look at the Proverbs, and the proverb tells me that I should not lean on my own understanding. So here's when it says to me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. I can do that because I'm standing on the promises of God. I don't need to lean on anything else because when all else falls and all else fails, I'm standing on the promises of God. And how do you know, Lord, what I'm supposed to do in the time? Because you know it all. No matter what I face, you already know. And then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I can do that because I come this far by faith trusting in the holy word and he has never failed me yet i don't know what you're facing and i don't know what you've been through but i do know this that no matter what it is that you can stand on the promises of god and you can trust in his leading and guiding you every step of the way let me close with this story There was an old mother in the church, and she had been there, and she had lost. Her husband had passed. Her oldest son had passed. Her two youngest daughters had both passed within three years of each other. She was sitting there at the funeral. 
of her youngest daughter. Buried her, first, her husband, her first child, her son, her two youngest daughters. And she's there at the funeral of the second. They asked her the question. They said, Mother, how you doing? Because I know that you've lost your husband. I know that you've lost your son. I know you lost your other daughter. And now you're sitting here burying your last child. The mother paused for a moment as though she was taking counsel with God. And she looked up and she said, I don't feel no ways tired. They said, Mother, what do you mean by you don't feel no ways tired? She said, I've come all this way with Jesus. And one of the things that I realized is that at no point in time has he failed me yet? And he, she said, so because I had to trust him to get here, I got to trust him to keep on going. So I don't feel tired trusting him because he has never failed me yet. Pastor, what are you trying to tell me? I want you to understand that when you put your confidence in our God, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Keeper, our Sustainer, our Healer, our Provider, when you trust in Him, He's never failed you. He'll never fail you. Because He is trustworthy. We're trusting in the trustworthy God because he is worthy of our trust. Here's my final word. God doesn't want his people to doubt him. He wants them to be confident in his love, his watchfulness, and his protection. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.